Good evening and welcome to Central Park Baptist Church. If you would come on in and uh, take a hymnal and turn to hymn number 365. And also, if you wouldn't mind standing with me, hymn number 365, Are You Washed in the Blood? We'll sing it out here on the first, second, and last. Hymn number 365 on that first verse. Have you been to Jesus the cleansing power are you washed in the blood of the lamb are you fully trusting in his grace this hour are you washed in the blood of the lamb are you washed in the blood in the soul cleansing blood of the lamb are your garments spotless are they white as Walking daily by the Savior side, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood in the soul cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? On that last verse, lay aside the garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you washed in the blood in the soul cleansing garments spotless are they white as snow are you washed in the blood of the lamb very good singing if you would remain standing with me turn your hymnals to hymn number 479 hymn number 479 i am resolved No 
to linger, charmed by the world's delight. Things that are higher, things that are nobler, these have allured my sight. I will hasten to him, hasten so glad and free. Jesus, greatest, highest, I will come to thee. I am resolved to go to the Savior, leaving my sin and strife. He is the true one, he is the just one, he hath the words of life. Sing it out now. the kingdom, leaving the paths of sin. Friends may oppose me, foes may beset me, still will I enter in. I will hasten, hasten to him, sent so glad and free. Jesus, Jesus, greatest, highest, I will come to Amen. Let's sing it out there on that last verse. I am resolved, and who will go with me? Come, friend, without delay. Taught by the Bible, led by the Spirit, we'll walk the heavenly way. I will hasten to Him, hasten so glad and free. good singing. They forget to let you sit down. You know? These, the newbies, you have to break them in, you know? Pray for Brother Shelton, amen? Uh, he's, you know, he's they're on vacation, and he, they said they're really enjoying it. And I said, I asked him, I said, are you home? And he said, if you call this home. So, so he's really enjoying himself, and so keep them in your prayers. Uh, but they'll be back this week, so pray for them. I do appreciate Brother, uh, what's your name again? Elias doing the singing, all right? And uh, appreciate him being here. Uh, please, if, get your prayer sheets out. Anybody not have one? If you do not, brother, keep your hands up. Brother Benjamin will bring those to you. Please don't forget, Saturday soul winning, uh, uh, 9.30. I'll get out in a minute. 9.30, so please... Uh, don't forget about that and uh, be here ready to go. Then also, uh, please remember, uh, Brother Tid, Dan Tid from Lighthouse Baptist Church in Indianapolis will be here uh, preaching Sunday. Been a, The last time he was here, I had another tornado at my house, oh. or the first one. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, I've had two this year. I don't want to have another one. Yeah. So y'all pray that he don't bring any of that with him when he comes, <laughs> would you? Uh, but I'm looking forward uh, to them being here. They're good friends, and uh, Brother Tid uh, does a good job preaching. They've got a great ministry there in Indianapolis, so uh, pray for them that uh, uh, they have, that you ought to give them traveling graces, all right? Please don't forget also, now, the rest of the uh, the activities that are going on, Ladies' Bible Study 17th, sewing and stuff on the 21st, and then our teachers' meeting a week from this Sunday. So uh, just please grab hold of your bulletins and and uh, take you know keep those close to you. One other thing is our VBS in Grants, New Mexico is June 26th through the 30th, and uh, the, the the price is there in your bulletin as well. There's a sign up sheet out here if you'd like to go. <clears throat> so and the the cost uh, of going is just basically your uh, the hotel. And then you have to take care of the food. I was going to say you have to take care of Brother Elias' food, but I don't think anybody can afford that. <laughs> so between him and, and uh, Brother Wujin, also pray, too, that, um, you know, last year Brother Coy did all the driving. 
and that's about 12, 13 hours one way. And uh, so we're trying to get some of our men together uh, to get our license and stuff. And I, I've got to get mine uh, reinstated. And so, um, you know, but now the government has got control of that. Oh. And it is a, it's a bunch of nonsense to yeah. me. Uh, anyway, but uh, some of our other men, if we can get to them to do that, and they already said that they would, we just got to find a place. And uh, so y'all pray with us about that as we look for a place to go do that. And, um, you know, it's a lot for one person. Brother Corey and I drove the bus back from uh, California. And, man, for, even for two people, that's a long way. Uh, so pray that we, uh, for us that we get that taken care of, all right? Uh, don't forget as well, our fifth Sunday singing, uh, that's going to be on the, uh, what is it, the 29th as well. There's a sign-up sheet out here. So please uh, sign up for that and put your songs out there so you can, Brother DeVito can know about that, all right? Prayer sheets? Everybody got one now? Oh, good, all right. <clears throat> Here's a prayer. Pray for Brother Dennis. He's back in the hospital. Oh, Lord. He was moving around too much, and he, the, the stitches in his back, they got to redo them. So I said, Brother Dennis, <clears throat> um, what were you doing? He said, oh, just normal stuff. And I said, you can't do normal stuff. They told you that, you know. That's why you're back in the hospital. So, uh, But pray for him. Uh, they're going to try to redo those stitches Friday, so keep him in your prayer. Uh, pray for Brother Gary Lund. They put a temporary port in so that he can do dialysis. Everything went well uh, today, so keep him in your prayer. Uh, also pray for Miss Shirley. She's still recovering from her surgery, uh, doing real good, so... Uh, pray for uh, pray for her as well, okay? And, and again, remember all of these on, on the prayer sheet, Miss Erica and Brother Maker as well. Just a lot of folks on our prayer sheet for help. Please uh, continue to pray for them. And then I ask you to, a special prayer, if you would. Uh, I, it's on under the church. I don't know if that's, that. I think, uh, is that me or is that my mom and dad? It says Mrs. White. Pastor and Mrs. White, you know, when I read that, I read it like it's them, you know. <laughs> but, okay, well, leave that like that is, but add my dad and, and, and my mom, if you would, please, and remember them in your prayers. Dad's having some difficulty with his hearing. He basically cannot hear, and uh, some things like that, just some health things, and, you know, he's 90, and uh, he just needs to slow down, and he don't know how to do that. Uh, so he's never had to, and now, but his age is dictating that he need to do that. So keep him in your prayers, and, and my mom, and in their church. Okay, Springtown Baptist Temple. I would certainly appreciate it. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer, <clears throat> and pray for Brother uh, Marco. He's going to preach for me tonight. I, my throat since Sunday is just I cannot keep it from being sore. It's doing real good today, so far. It's starting to kind of wane on me, so. Uh, I've asked Brother Marco to preach for me tonight, and I think he'll do fine. He does okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, if you have, don't, if you don't, have, I'm just kidding, you know. But I appreciate. I'm, I'm trying to build. I'm really building him up. You know what I mean? You know, I'm patting him on the back, saying, "Man, you are awesome." And no, but anyway, but I'm thankful that he's here and he can, uh, because it really helped me out today. Uh, so pray for him tonight as well, all right? <clears throat> Let's go to the Lord in prayer, asking God's blessing on our Bible study. Dear Father, we thank you, Lord, for uh, our people. Thank you, Lord, for our guests tonight that are here. Uh, I pray, God, that each of us, Lord, will go away saying it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, I'm thankful, Lord, for Brother Marco, Lord, who's going to preach for me tonight. I'm thankful that you have put men of God here in this place, Lord, that, that um, are equipped, Lord, uh, biblically to come and stand in this place, Lord, and, and without fear and without uh, uh, f fear of my, on my side, Lord, knowing that they're going to preach the word of God and they're going to be truthful to us, and I'm thankful for that today. So help him, Lord, give him liberty <clears throat> and, and strength of voice tonight, and I pray, God, again, that you'll please touch our hearts through the message. We pray God's special prayer tonight for our folks that are sick, Lord. I think of Brother Dennis, who's back in the hospital. We lift him up. Lord, for Miss Shirley, who's recovering, uh, Lord, from her surgery. We pray also for uh, Brother Gary, Lord, as well, who uh, has gone through some dialysis and a surgery today. We pray for him. 
as well as Miss Erica, Lord, and I'm, uh, I think of Brother Maker, God, who also is faithful to come and pray that you strengthen his body as well. And uh, Lord, we're just thankful for your goodness to us here in this place. God, you have been so good. And, and, and Lord, I'm thankful, God, for a ministry, Lord, who has stood the test of time. But God, the test is not over. And uh, Lord, we still need to uh, stay the course as our theme for the year uh, speaks to us about that. And I pray, God, that you'd help us God the only way we can continue is is if we obtain the help of Almighty God and I, I pray and ask you for your help and your strength Lord just watch over us tonight I pray God for your hand to be upon us Lord and I pray God that everything that we do and say bring honor and glory to your holy name be with our children and our teachers upstairs tonight God as well and I pray God that you strengthen them <clears throat> Lord I pray a special prayer while, uh, while I'm thinking about it for uh, these men Lord who uh, we need to get our licenses so that, uh, Lord, would be legal to drive our bus and so not be just placed upon one person. And so, God, I pray that you'd open the door for us and show us where we can go, Lord, that's cost-effective, but, God, also uh, just the right place, the place that you would have us. So please, Lord, help us and lead us to that. And may we be receptive to your leading, Lord, in, in this, and so it'll be a blessing to the church. So, God, we thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. Pray, God, that you'd be with this offering, Lord, tonight. Uh, be with the gift and the giver, Father, and I pray, God, that you'd, uh, Lord, use it and multiply it for the cause of Christ. And then, Lord, I pray a special prayer for my mom and dad, Lord, and they're in Springtown. I pray, God, that you would be with them, Lord, as dad has uh, stepped aside from pastoring. I pray, God, that you'd be with my brother, Lord, as he leads that church. And I pray, God, that you'd please just, uh, uh, again, help them. And may your hand of favor be upon their ministry as well. And, Lord, we give you praise for that. Thank you, God, again for your goodness to us. Bless the remainder of our worship, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> if you have an offering, you please come. <coughs> Once again, turn your hymnals to hymn number 565. Hymn number 565. We'll sing it out on all four verses. Hymn number 565 on that first verse. <clears throat> hymn number 565, send the light on that first verse. We'll sing it out now. shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel, light and let it shine forevermore. We have heard the Macedonian call today. Send the light, send the light, and a golden offering at the cross we lay. Send the light, send the light. Send the light, the blessed gospel, light and let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel, light and let it shine forevermore. Let us pray that grace may everywhere abound. Send the light, send the light, and a Christ-like spirit gospel light and let it shine. 
Bible, Daniel chapter 6, Daniel chapter 6 tonight, Daniel chapter 6, you say, uh, I thought uh, you weren't, I uh, thought uh, you were uh, preachers was preaching on Daniel, well, he is, but I'm going to start there, and we're going to go from there, Daniel chapter 6, amen, if you're able to, would you stand and rise with us as we read the word of God together, in reverence and respect to the word of God, Daniel Chapter number 6, we're going to start with verses 4 and 5, and then we're going to go to verse number 10. Amen. Verse 4, and the, and the presidents and the uh, princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Now, verse number 10, if you would, with me. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went out into, into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber towards Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he did aforetime. Amen? Daniel had something very important that we need, and we're going to talk about that tonight. But just before we do that, let me just give you one more announcement. Our sound system is being worked upon. All the equipment came in this week, and it's all here on property, I believe, but one cable, and they're going to be here tomorrow to start doing all the work on it. We were hoping that it would be done by now because they were supposed to start Monday, but we misunderstood what they were talking about, and they were bringing everything on Monday and then coming in on Thursday. So they should have it all done by Sunday. Praise the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? So please be praying about that as well. But I want to talk to you on Jesus, our pattern in prayer. Let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the truth that we're about to learn from your word. Holy Spirit, meet with us in a very special way. I ask that you go from pew to pew, from person to person, and open our hearts and our minds to this truth which we're about to receive. May we hear from heaven and not from any man. Please, we need your help. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We've been studying Daniel on Wednesday nights, and it's a wonderful that Daniel has such a great, marvelous relationship with our God. We have noticed that Daniel has a direct line to the Lord. Have you noticed that? Every time Daniel gets in trouble, what's he do? He says, time out, let me go over here. I'm going to go pray. And then he comes back with the answer. Yeah. It's a constant thing. We see uh, it starts with not wanting to eat with the food of the Babylonians as a boy, maybe a teenager at the time. Then uh, he, he interprets the dream for Nebuchadnezzar. And he becomes one of the rulers of, of, of Babylon. And then Nebuchadnezzar has another dream that Daniel interprets from him, uh, for him. And Daniel, in the interpretation, is dumbfounded for a period of time. He can't even tell him what the meaning of that is for a little bit. And then we see that later on uh, uh, he uh, gives that bad news to uh, Nebuchadnezzar that he's going to become like an animal and roam in the wilderness and eat the food off the ground and... Uh, be an animal for a number of years, which actually just happened to him. 
Later in life, he interprets uh, more for the kings, King Darius as the handwriting is on the wall. He interprets that for them. And there's many other times that we see uh, uh, God speaks to Daniel through him spending time in prayer and then him understanding a vision or dream that God gives him. God doesn't work like that today. God doesn't work by visions and dreams anymore. If you have a vision, you ate too much pizza before you went to bed. Amen. It doesn't work that way. God gave us that which is completed, which is his word right here. I have everything I need to know about God right in the Bible. I don't need to have a dream. I don't have, need to have a vision. I don't need to have an interpretation. God has given it all to us in his word. This is the very word of God. So I can depend on that. I can trust it. Amen. I don't have to go to God and say, pray and say, dear Lord, is this your word? Prove it to me. Don't ever have to do that. It's already done. Amen. And so we see that Daniel gets into these situations uh, over and over again where he runs to prayer. We just read to where they know that there's only one way to get this guy. And that's to make it so that if he prays, it breaks the law and he has to go uh, face the lion. And that's what they did. And then Daniel knows that the writing sign and he does what he knows he must do. Daniel doesn't do this to be a rebel. He doesn't say, bless God, I'm going to wait till they do that. Then I'm going upstairs and I'm opening up my windows to Jerusalem. And at the top of my lungs, I'm going to pray as loud as I can so everybody hears me. No. Did you notice what it really says? He does what he's been doing all the time. This is what he does every day. And they knew that. Because truly, ladies and gentlemen, prayer is the powerhouse that changes everything. There is no power with God outside of prayer. We have that when we see in the look in Daniel. In fact, you really don't have to look just at Daniel's life. I could name person after person after person in Scripture. I'm not going to take that time. But we could name person after person in Scripture who had to pray in order to do the things that God wanted them to do. I'll just talk about one just for a second, Moses. Man, if I was Moses, I probably would have asked the Lord to destroy all of them and make, them, make me a great nation. <laughs> okay. God offered that to him at one point. And he said, no, Lord, don't do that. Then later on, he comes back and says, Lord, maybe we ought to do that. These stiff-necked, hard-hearted people, man, I can't get anywhere with them. And that was hard. And he was constantly running back to the Lord. By the way, that is prayer. That's what prayer is. Prayer is running back to the Lord and having a face-to-face conversation on a spiritual level. I'll say that again. It's running back to the Lord, having a face-to-face spiritual meeting with our Lord. It's not about being flowery. flowery. It's not about being a pleasant speaker (laughs) or flowery in your speech. It's about having a conversation with the one you trust more than anything else in all eternity. And that's our Heavenly Father. So I want to talk about our pattern that we see in prayer. And we're going to use Jesus as our prayer pattern. Now let me ask you this. If Jesus had to pray... Whom, who is Jesus? Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is one of the three of the Trinity. The Father, he's the Son, and then the Holy Spirit. And Jesus as the Son, what's he have to do all the time? Pray. You know what he's doing? He's picking up his phone. Hey, Dad, you ever do that? I wish I could call my dad today. My dad's been gone for nearly 30 years. I wish I could pick up the phone and just give my dad a call. Hey, Dad. How you doing? This is Doug. I need some help. I'm trying to figure this out. I just can't figure it out. I don't know what to do. Can you show me? How about this? Hey, Dad, just wanted to call you to see how you're doing. Did you ever do that? Yeah. You know, that same relationship that you have with your, your earthly mom and dad is the same kind of relationship that God wants you to have with him. He wants you to talk with him, spend time with him, because that is where your life changes. That's where you change, and that's where the world gets changed. The world doesn't get changed in Berlin. The world doesn't get changed in London. The world doesn't get changed in Washington, D.C. In fact, 
I think you have to go change Washington, D.C. all the time because of the mess they constantly get themselves into. You know, like a baby. These aren't the places that change the world. The places that change the world is us on our knees, walking with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the almighty creator of everything, and asking him to take control of that which we need to let him have. The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please him. And it is. So that means our faith, our prayer must be based on faith. So I believe this statement. I believe the greatest weapon that Daniel had in his arsenal was prayer. That was his weapon. But you have to load your weapon with something. And what we have to load our weapon with is faith. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I said the Bible is the word of God, but I want to go further than that. Jesus is the word of God. We've heard that over and over here in this church. I know our pastor preaches it. I preach it every time I preach. I, I constantly make that statement in Sunday school. I make that statement on our, on our classes that I teach. The truth is that Jesus is the very word of God. Jesus is the word of God. In fact, in Revelation, when he comes back, it's going to say on him, the word of God. So Jesus is the word of God. So when I'm in the word of God, my faith grows because I'm walking with Jesus. And that causes me to be able to pray and have power in my prayer because there's something loaded in my gun. There's something loaded in my weapon, and that's faith. So let me give you some things. The when Jesus prayed. When did Jesus pray? Jesus prayed uh, in the night. Jesus prayed in the night and sometimes all night. Let me give you some scripture. We're going to Bible study night, right? Get your Bible ready. Are you ready? If you don't want to write it down on a piece of paper, you can. Luke chapter 6, verse number 12. Luke chapter 6, verse number 12. Jesus prayed in the night and at sometimes all night. And it came to pass in those days that when he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Now, he wasn't praying to himself. He's talking to his father. By the way, when you pray, pray, our father who art in heaven. I'm going to talk to my dad, my Abba, my father. When I pray, I talk to my dad. I talk to him through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's the function that goes on here. So when I go to pray, I pray to my father. And that's who Jesus prayed to. He spent time with his father. The second thing is when, when did Jesus pray? He prayed a great while before day. I like that part of the day. I like to wake up early in the morning. It's dark outside and there's nothing going on. I can sneak into my office or lay in my bed or kneel beside my bed or lay on the floor of my bedroom. No one's going to bother me. No phone is going to ring. No goofball text is going to come through. Have you seen the dog with his ear? You know, nothing like that. Amen. You all know what I'm talking about. You get those two. Nothing's going to bother me, and I just get to spend time alone with my God, with my Papa, with my Daddy. And it becomes a very important time and a very precious time. It reminds me sometimes of um, years ago in the 1990s. I was very busy as a young preacher, uh, and I was traveling all over the, uh, the country preaching revival meetings, and we had a little house in Longview, Texas that we would stay at when we were in town, and one day the, the, I was doing some yard work out there. We just happened to be in town, and the phone rang. My wife came out the front door and said, it's your grandmother. Now, my mom and dad had already both passed away, and I thought, oh, man, somebody must have passed away. My grandmother never called me. But I used to call my grandmother every week. And I got on the phone and said, hello. We called her Nani. She, we're Italian. Hello, Nani. And she said, uh, where are you at? I said, I'm at a house in Longview. She said, how come you haven't called me in two weeks? Don't you know I miss you? I look forward to that phone call. I miss you. Well, I'm sorry, I said. I'm so I didn't realize how important 
that communication with her was. And I think that's sometimes what God says to you and me. Hey, where you been? I've been waiting on you. I'm here every day at the same time. Where are you at? Well, you sleeping? Get up, you lazy buzzard. I want to talk to you. That's how my grandmother would have talked to me. That is kind of how she talked to me that day. And she, and she gave me about five minutes of Italian in the ear, you know. And by the time I got off the phone, I said, I promise it won't happen again. And it never did. Never happened again. It was valuable to her. Oh, by the way, it was valuable to me, too. It was a connection. It was a connection of love. And when we don't pray, we don't get that connection of love. So I love to get up early in the morning, great while before day. Mark chapter 1 and verse 35 says these words. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed unto a solitary place and there prayed. Notice a couple things there. Notice he, he went out way before it was daytime, where he could have some peace and quiet. He went out uh, and departed into a solitary, a solitary place where nobody would bother him. And there he prayed. I heard of a, 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 a I'm not going to, never mind. Uh, he went a great while before, they, where, when did he pray? He prayed before important events. And often before important events, he prayed all night long. All right. At, at Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6 and verse number 12. Luke chapter 6 and verse number 12. And it came to pass in those days that when he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called unto his disciples. And of them he chose 12, whom he also named apostles. He's making a very important decision. He's making an important decision. Who are going to be my apostles? Out of all of my disciples... Out of my disciples, I'm going to choose 12 men. These 12 men are going to become the pillars of the church of the future in that time. It was a future church, which now for us is the past church and what we're based upon. And before he made that decision, he spent the whole night in prayer. If Jesus was so concerned about making a mistake on a major decision, shouldn't we be? It wouldn't be a bad thing. I would think if it's not going to happen, it's not happening now. Unless something major occurs, it's not going to happen for a long time. But let's say our church was looking for a pastor. We had somebody come and candidate. You know what I'd be telling you to do? Pray all night long. You need to pray about this thing. You need to fast and you need to pray and you need to walk with God. And if I were you, I'd be praying all night long to make sure we had the exact man that God wants us to have. Did you know in this generation, people are placing people in the pastorate that God never was involved with? This friend knows this friend who knows this guy that was the pastor. And so they work it so he becomes the pastor of the church. How is that God? It never has been God, never will be God. You must have the power of God on you. When you make a major decision, before we join this church, I prayed all night long. Is this the church God wants us in? You say, that sounds silly. No, it's important. Are you kidding? This is talking about my spiritual life. I'm not going to come to a place and, and, and trust my spiritual life into someone, a place where God doesn't want me to be. If God doesn't want me here, I don't want to be here. Even if you are nice, when you know you're not, but we pretend that you are. And uh, uh, even if you are a, a, a compassionate church, a loving church, a, 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 I'm not going to even say it because we don't even believe that it's true anyway. And anyway, uh, even if we are good people, it's not about being good people. It's not having a good preacher as far as he can preach the word of God nice. By the way, he preaches it like I do, and sometimes we're not so nice. We tell you the truth, and it's hard to take the truth sometimes. But I want to be where God wants me to be, not where I think I should be, not where I want to be. But you're not looking for a church, so you just stay where you're at. Amen? Because if I thought about leaving, I'd be fasting and praying for a long time before I did that. Because you're going to mess up in your own life. Anyway, Mark chapter 1 and verse 35 through 38. 
in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed unto a solitary place and there prayed. And Simon and, and they that were, uh, were with him followed after him. And when he was, they found him, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. And he said unto them, Let us go unto the next town, that I may preach there also. For therefore uh, came I forth, and he preached in their synagogues and throughout all Galilee, and cast out devils. God, Jesus had a lot of work to do. He had a lot of work to do. He couldn't do it himself. If Jesus could not do his father's work by himself, what makes us think that we can? I mean, in our personal life. Is not your personal life just as important as your church life? Sure it is. And so I need to have God's help as I'm getting busy in life. After victories, Jesus prayed after victories, Jesus prayed. Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went unto a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. What had just happened? He just had a big preaching service. 5,000 people, 5,000 men were there. And they were hungry. Plus women and children. And he fed them all. And there are 12 baskets left over of extra food. So that little boy's lunch went a long, long way. Amen? And Jesus took some time after that to pray. But he's been busy. He's been toiling. He had this great victory. You know what we do after great victories? Yay! Woohoo! And then we just tell everybody about it, but we don't tell God about it. We say, who let the dogs out? I mean, um... We'll get going. <laughs> Amen. I love you, brother, but I just had to throw that out there. I'm just saying, ladies and gentlemen, after victories, we prayed for God to do this and this and this, and then we get all excited when it's over, and then we never go back and thank him. Years ago, a preacher said to me, his name was Lee Robertson, and we were together in a meeting preaching, and, and he said uh, I, we were talking about something. He was praying about something sporadically, and I said, what are you praying about? He said, I'm just thanking God. I said, that's great. He said, uh, how often do you thank God? I said, I try to thank him every day. He said, you know what I do? He's teaching a young preacher here. You ready? He says, you know what I do? I spend as much time thanking God as I did asking for what I wanted. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what I said. I went, whoa. I mean, you must just drop the college on top of me of Bible information. Amen. I mean, it was an education just in that one statement. And I said, wow, that's amazing. And I realized I don't do that. But Jesus did. And if a man like Lee Robertson did that, Lee Robertson, by, that, by the way, was the pastor of, I can't remember the name of the church now, in, in uh, Tennessee Temple was the college that he had. And he ran, averaged 7,000 people on Sundays. Average 7,000. And he had to thank God as much as he asked for that from God. What a, re, what a remarkable, remarkable statement. And really, that's how we become thankless. We think, thanks, Lord, and we're off. We're off to tell everybody else what we did. Rather than often telling God, thank you for all that you did. Because he's the one that deserves the glory and the honor. What else did we learn about from Jesus in prayer? What else could we learn about the when? He prayed after, uh, before he ate. Luke tw chapter 24, verse 30. You say, well, I do that too. Do you at restaurants? I do. I don't care who's there. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to them. He's praying. At dinner time. It doesn't matter where I'm at. I'm going to pray. You And I may be in a group where they already prayed, but I wasn't in there when they prayed. I'm going to pray again. Yeah. Why? Because that's my prayer time. Yeah. It's like, okay, you can give your offering anytime. <laughs> I like to give my offering at the offering because that's when God wanted it, at the offering. That's why I don't give it anytime. I put it in the offering plate at the offering time. That's just me. 
Because that's when it was time to give it to him. And I want to give it to him because I love him. And I want him to know that I love him. You can give money anytime. But I like giving it at the offering time. It just seems like the right time to give it. Offering time. Amen. So he, he prayed before he ate. He, 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 when life was unusually busy, Jesus always stopped and prayed. Let me give you a Bible verse for that. Well, I'll give you two. Luke chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. Luke chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and a great multitude came together to hear and, uh, and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Verse 16, and he withdrew himself into the wilderness to take a nap. That's not what it says? To finally get a rest and eat a good old-fashioned home-cooked meal. To pray. That's what it says. He withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. He had to have God's power because he was so busy. And we get bit, Are you busy? Any else, anyone else here besides me busy? You, aren't, you always got something in the pot stirred up. You got to go somewhere. You got to do this. You got to be there. You got to be on that. And then you're late over here, and then you're late over here. And then if you get late at one place, you're late everywhere you go for the next three days, it seems like. Anybody else get busy like that? Jesus was busy like that. And Jesus said, oh, ho, 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 I have to stop and pray. And he got alone by himself. Where? In the wilderness. By himself alone in the wilderness to spend time with his dad. I get that. I'm going to say this again. My dad's been gone 30 years. It was 30 years this November, this past November. I wish I could go spend time with him. I wish I could see him again. I'd love to have another conversation with him. My dad knew when he passed away how much I loved him, how much I appreciated him. I mean, I made sure he knew everything before he passed away. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about hearing his voice again. And that, conf that confidence it gives you to hear them, the calmness it brings when you hear their voice, the love that you know that comes from hearing from them, there's a multitude of things you get from your parents when you get a chance to talk to them that you never get once they're gone. And I feel bad for the younger generation who don't respect the old generation, who just wants to stick them in a home somewhere and leave them alone and rot someplace else. Because you're never going to get a chance to live those days when they were getting ready to pass in the glory and you got to be there with them. It's magnificent. I was with my dad as he passed away. It was so wonderful, so calm. But Jesus, when he was busy, he prayed. Jesus prayed before temptation came. Jesus prayed before temptation came. You know something? Temptation comes all the time to, uh, to me. I don't know about you, but man, that devil just has my number. It's number four, and he has that. And he keeps coming up with number four. Hey, I got this for number four. Hey, leave me alone for a little while. Get off my number. But, buddy, he's always trying to tempt me. Is he not trying to tempt you often? You number eight, a little further down the line. Are you number one? And I don't want that position. I'll be happy to stay at four. But when temptation, before temptation came, Jesus prayed. Luke chapter 22, verses 39 through 41. And he came out and he went and he was wrought to the mountain of olives and his disciples also followed him. Verse 40, when he was at that place, he said unto them, pray that you enter not into temptation. Oh, wouldn't that be a good thing? Before it gets here, let's pray we don't fall for it once it gets here. Uh, in my class last night on our Zoom class, uh, which is called uh, uh, Equipping the Saints, we talked about sin. We talked about this very kind of thing. We talked about in James chapter number one, how it talks about uh, uh, the devil has the same process he uses all the time to get it. Turn over there, James chapter one. Let me show it to you real quick. 
Amen. This will help you. This should be a part of the message. I just didn't write it in there. <laughs> Jane, I won't, I won't charge you extra and I won't stay longer. I promise. So far anyway. James chapter number one. James chapter number one. And it says uh, in verse 13, let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempt he any man. By the way, God has nothing to do with evil. You know how people get mad at God because something goes wrong in their life? It wasn't God, it was the devil. See, God is good. God does good. God is always good. God never does evil. God never does sin. And God never uses anything to make sin happen in your life. God is the creator of good. Satan is the creator of evil. He's the one that went to the Garden of Eden and took the words of God and twisted them around so that Eve thought, hey, this would be all right. And it wasn't all right. Same guy that comes to you and me. His tactics have never, ever changed. What he did in the Garden of Eden, he does in the year 2023. Let's continue to read. Verse 14, but every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. See that word enticed? It means like bait that you'd put on a lure to get a fish to bite into that. He's trying to entice you. How's he trying to entice you? By being drawn away of your own lust, things you desire to have yourself. That's what he's saying here. And when the lust has conceived, comma, it's a statement. But it's not an ended statement. I'm going to end it for you in a minute. It bringeth forth sin, and when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. To conceive, two things have to come together. Two things have to come together for conception to take place. Here we have lust. The devil has laid a temptation out here of your own desires. He's enticed you with your own lust. He lays it there, and then we have to add something to that. And we do it. You know what it's called? Opportunity. Opportunity. You cannot sin without an opportunity to sin. And you will make the opportunity to sin if you want to sin. Take any sin you want. Oh, adultery. You can't commit adultery unless you make an opportunity for you to commit the adultery. It just doesn't fall out of the sky and, oh, you committed adultery. Well, it just laid in front of me. It just happened. It fell right on me. It reminds me of, 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 of Aaron. When Moses comes down, he's so ticked off. And he says to Moses, well, I don't know. We got all the gold here, got it together, and out came this image out of gold. Looks like a cow. I don't know how it got here. He fashioned it himself. He had opportunity. He took an opportunity. He made the opportunity. You cannot sin without an opportunity to sin. And that's something we do. See, the devil does it all, lines it all up, and then we make the opportunity when it's conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. Now, not just death and physical, it's talking about spiritual death. It's talking about a separation from God. And we're the one that created it. We're the ones that run away from God after we sin. Oh, no, I'm sinning. I run away from God. Run away, run away. But that's not what God says. No, no, come here. Come here. Did you ever have a kid? You have two, I had four children. I got 12 grandchildren. They ever do something wrong, and they start crying. Out, oh, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Come here, come here. Go away, go away, go away, go away. Come here, come here, come here. Now go away, go away. God don't do that. Neither do we. We say, come here. Come on, sit down. Let me talk to you. I love you. Regardless of what we've done wrong, we still love them. I, want them. I may want to send them to the moon for a little while. But I still love them. Their home is still my home. I'm still going to feed them. I'm still going to provide for them. I'm still going to love them. But in order for us to overcome that temptation, we need to pray that God allows us to see that opportunity and we go away from it. We realize that that opportunity is going to come and we want him to stop us and encourage us, strengthen us, empower us to 
and not take that opportunity. You cannot sin without an opportunity to sin. You can't tell a lie unless you have an opportunity to tell it. You may think that lie all day long. This is a story I'm going to tell. But then you've got to find the opportunity to tell the story. Amen? Or you don't have a chance to lie. You can be tempted all day long, and if you don't have that opportunity and that conception takes place with that lust and that desire, then you can't have sin. That's what God's teaching us here. And that's why he told his disciples to pray that you fall not into temptation. To give you power to overcome that lust that you can control. You can control it if you want to. And you can stop yourself from having an opportunity if you want to. If I want to. If we want to. But the devil has done this all the same way all the time. When else did Jesus pray when he was weary? Tired. It's about where I'm at now. I'm tired. I'm 66 years old. I'll be 67 this year. And I wake up tired. I go to bed tired. I go through the day tired. And I understand I'm supposed to be tired. Amen. <laughs> it's just you keep going. You just keep going. And you get tired. And when you're weary, we have a tendency to lash out, don't we? We have a tendency to lose our patience quickly. But when Jesus was weary, he went and prayed. Look in Mark chapter 6 and verse 31. Mark chapter 6 and verse 31. And when he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into the desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. They were unbelievably busy. And here's what I like. I like to paraphrase this verse for me. Okay, this is not scripture. This is Doug Marco's version. Okay, doesn't mean anything. Jesus said to him, come on, let's, come, let's go pray before we come apart. Before we fall apart, lose all of our strength and lose everything we have, let's come apart. Before we do that, let's go pray. Let's come away from everything and let's pray. We need that. By the way, you do too. I do too. This is what Jesus did. He's our example. He, needed, he brought his disciples over and said, listen, we're unbelievably busy. They were, for, they were so many coming and, and going. They had no leisure so much as to eat. That's busy. Yeah. And he said, let's go pray. We've got to go pray. Don't worry about all this other stuff. Stop the work. We've got to pray. If you do not pray, you cannot do the work. I will say that one more time. If you do not pray, you cannot do the work because then you'll do it in the flesh and it'll be a total waste. And God will never get the glory for it. There's more, but I think I've said enough. We need to pray like Jesus teaches us to pray. We need to pray when Jesus teaches us to pray. We need to pray how Jesus teaches us to pray. I need to call on dad. I need his help. I'm busy. Temptations are coming. I'm tired. I want to eat. Oh, I got a great victory. Boy, I need to make some major important decisions. I need to really pray. I need to get up early and pray when nobody will bother me. And sometimes I need to pray all night long. See, prayer is the power that changes everything. But if we just go about prayer flippantly, Lord, bless this food, amen. Now, there are times I, I, I do not do my prayer. I do not pray publicly like I pray privately because my public prayer has to be within a time limit so we can get things done. So if I'm going to pray, ask for the Lord to bless our food, I might just say, Lord, bless the food we're about to eat. Give our body strength from it. Amen. Time to go. Or over the lip, pass the gums, look out, tummy, here it comes. One of those will work out good for you. But the truth is, is when you, it, that time is not to pray for all the missionaries around the world, starting with Australia. Amen. It's not that time. 
when you pray at the altar, it's not time to pray for everybody in the world. It's time to pray about what God put on your heart after the message is over. And that becomes a very important prayer. See, prayer is important. Because when God speaks to us, he wants to hear back from us. So as I read his word, he wants me to talk back to him. Now, not back talk. I have done that. It was an interesting situation. But I have fun with my Savior, too. I have fun with my father, just like I had fun with my heavenly, my physical dad. I just have fun with him. He's my dad, and I need his help. And I'm going to say this, and we're finished, okay? Here's what God really wants from you. He wants you to be a child. He wants you to be a little child that can't do anything for himself. And every time you got to do something, you run into him to ask him to help you. And he goes, yes, this is what I've wanted all of my eternity was for people to just want me all the time. See, we're all so busy being adults. We think we're the God. And what we need to be is his children, my little children. That's what he calls us over, to, over and over again. So be a little child. And go to your dad and ask him to take care of things for you and have fun with him. And take him everywhere you go. See, I'm a knucklehead. You could see me having a conversation driving down the road. People go, that guy must be crazy. There is nobody in there. He must be on the phone. That's what they say today. No, I'm talking to God. He's right there with me. In fact, the reality is he's probably driving the car and I'm just sitting on his lap. Can I, drive? Can I steer, Dad? No, get your fingers off the wheel, but I'll let you sit here. Amen? And he just wants to spend time with you. You are important to him. Everything in your life is important to him. Nothing is so foolish or so petty or so small that he doesn't want to hear about it. He wants to hear everything, just like a little kid tells their parents all sorts of things. That's what God wants for you. Father, thank you for what we've heard tonight. The Holy Spirit, make this real and alive in our hearts today and draw us closer to you from what we've heard tonight. And Lord, I, I hope I did for you what you wanted done. But most importantly, I ask that you do what I couldn't do in reaching to the souls and the hearts of your people and draw them closer to you as a result of what we heard Daniel is a tremendous example of a man who spent his lifetime with you. And that's all you want from us, is us just to spend our lifetime with you. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if God has spoken to your heart, you want to...